Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Thursday, December 14th, 2023. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I'm your host, Darren Mott. And I got a bunch of tabs open today, so I'm going to get right into the news so I can get you in and out under 15 minutes, if possible. First one is from 9to5mac.com. Michael Podick reporting, and this is a hat tip to my... Uh, my coworker, Jim Shorter, who made me aware of this one. Jim's a fellow retired FBI special agent. So it says, Apple launches stolen device protection for iPhone with iOS 17.3 beta. And here's how it works. So earlier this year, Washington or Wall Street Journal's Joanna Stern uh, investigated a rise in iPhone thefts in public places like bars. The tactic involved attackers observing victims enter their passcodes before stealing their iPhones and then using that to immediately change their Apple ID password and lock the owners out of the accounts and even iCloud backups. So this has been apparently a, a very big problem is that if you're in a, you're in a public a public space, um, and you you unlock your phone. They're watching you do it. They sometimes filming you so they can get the, the the code, so that they don't need. They can bypass your biometrics, either your thumbprint if you have an older iPhone or your face print if you have a newer one. Um, and so Apple's trying to fix that problem. So how it works? This is from Apple. How they describe it. Um, the feature adds an additional layer of security in the unlikely case someone has stolen your phone and also obtained your passcode. So that is either the four-digit code or the eight-digit code or whatever you've set up from, from a password. But hopefully you have something set up for that. If you don't, you've got a bigger problem, but you need to set up a passcode to get into your phone. That'd be ideal. But they will access your, say, password um, requiring face ID to be sure it's you. Changing sensitive settings like your Apple ID password is protected by a security delay. No delay is required when the iPhone is at a familiar location, such as your home work. So basically, if someone steals your phone and you're not at a place that iPhone or Apple recognizes you to be, then there's a delay like of an hour just to double check and make sure you're actually making that change. So look for that in, uh, in the update 17.3 when that comes out. Um, it'll probably be a setting you may have to turn on or may automatically turn on from that. Um, when you want to do it, you want to, um, you can actually make sure you're running the beta. You can actually do this now, open the settings, swipe down, tap face ID and passcode, and then chose, choose stolen device protection. So that'll be a new thing that you'll have to actively turn on. I highly recommend you do turn that on when you get this particular update. So be on look for that if you're an Apple user. Register.com. Connor Jones reporting nearly a million nonprofit donor details left exposed in an unsecured database. Trusted by major charities, DonorView publicly exposed children's name and addresses, among other data. Close to a million records containing personally identifiable information belonging to donors that set money to nonprofits were found exposed in an online database. The database is owned and operated by DonorView, provider of cloud-based fundraising platform used by schools, charities, religious institutions, and other groups focused on charitable and philanthropic goals. So there are 948,029 records exposed online would include donor names, addresses, phone numbers, emails, payment methods, and more. So basically, I say all this to say, if you have donated to this entity, you're going to want to make sure that you um, change passwords everywhere else. Just be aware information has been lost. Probably not the first time your information has been lost, but again, it's another donor leak, um, which, is, which is created because they have a bad setting on their database and allows actors in again human error human error is at is at stake here not at stake but human error is at, at fault here 
Cybernews.com, Ernest Napper is reporting major leak exposes users from Russian crypto exchanges. So if you're in the crypto game and you use Russian crypto exchanges, you got a problem. Customers at nine crypto exchanges in Russia have had their anonymity shattered with private user data being exposed for more than two months. The Cyber News research team has discovered, and these include. There's a if you, if you go to the article, there's a listing of these nine particular sites. Ones they're called Sova, Coinstar, Pocket Exchange, One Moment, Crypta, Metka, Altcoin, Firma, and Intu. While the exchanges are relatively small, the estimated number of infected individuals more than 500,000 customers. The data collection compromises very sensitive user data, including full names, credit card numbers, emails, IP addresses, and the amounts for payment or withdrawal requests. Descriptors such as BT Crub and other authentication information such as software use or the user agent total. The leaked data included more than 615,000 payment requests and more than 28,000 withdrawal requests. So it goes, this, this just kind of goes to show you have to be careful how much information you provide to third-party providers when you're doing stuff, especially in crypto, right? Crypto is, is the wild west out there. And I'm, I'm sure these Russian crypto exchanges could really give two craps about your anonymity and your information, which is why this is now vulnerable. So um, if you're using any of these crypto exchanges, you're going to want to move your money out delete your account and move on with your life. So again, uh, speaking of crypto, this is on the good side. This is uh, good news. Also from cyber news, also from Ernesto Snappery's two men charged for running $25 million crypto Ponzi scheme. The crypto Ponzi scheme offered a guaranteed return of 300% in three weeks, which could compound to a $186 million million percent annualized rate. Sure. Why wouldn't it? However, the two fraudsters enjoyed the high life instead of investing the money they received. And now they face decades behind bars. Australian national David Gilbert Safran, 51, and Vincent Anthony Mazada, Jr., 52, of Hollywood Hills, Los Angeles, allegedly conspired to operate a fraudulent scheme to induce victims to invest in various trading programs. Their Ponzi scheme defrauded victims of more than $25 million, court documents reveal. And there's more of this case. You can read it here. I'm not going to read it all here, but this goes to show people that there is no easy way to, to get money, it's even in the crypto game. It may sound like it, but I mean, these fraudsters know what they're doing. They convince people that want to get rich quick to become victims. And if you were a victim of this, honestly, I have, I have limited, um, limited concern for your safety because it's not, you didn't do the due diligence. You were relying on two idiots um, and I'm sorry you lost your money, but I mean, th- this is why bad guys win because people are, are susceptible to this kind of social engineering for lack of a better, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm still a little tired right now doing this. I'm, I'm, words are escaping me. It sucks to get old and have your brain fry away. So anyway, that's a bummer. But anyway, again, just the point being there, this, these are two men of millions that are probably doing similar schemes. We've heard, talked about pig butchering in the past. These are Chinese folks who are, who get people to do the same thing. So at least in this case, someone is hopefully going to jail. Now, also cyber news, uh, Justinus Valnaishis reporting million of Amazon reviews, fake study finds. So obviously we go to Amazon, we look for things and we, when we find something we like, we see, okay, how, what's the rating, right? Is it a five-star rated item? Well, the problem is you can't really trust it. Product reviews can be a deal breaker when shopping online, but many are fake. An analysis of over 33 million reviews on Amazon has shown. With Christmas just around the corner, gift buying can be a stressful endeavor, which is exactly why shoppers should execute extra caution at this time of year. Not only are bargain chasing at an increased risk of cybercrime, bargain chasers rather, at an increased risk of cybercrime during the holiday season, they should also be careful about making purchases decisions based on online reviews. According to a recent study that examined 33.5 million reviews for best-selling products on Amazon, 
Almost every one of those, or 43%, not sure how that's almost everyone, but okay, 43% were fake. The study found that nearly six in 10 consumers rely on reviews. Um, and if, and if obviously the reviews are fake. So, and you probably have, rec- you've seen this before where you purchase something with a high review and it comes in, and it sucks and you end up sending it back. At least that's the good thing about Amazon. If it, it's not, turns out what it wanted, what you think it is, you can return it. And this is especially problematic with products that come out of China or developed by China and sold on Amazon through China. China has these room, these, these sweatshops basically that all they do is sit here and bang out these fake reviews strictly for this purpose to make you buy it because you think it has high reviews. So how you do your due diligence on that? It's a good question. Um, you just kind of got to kind of hope for the best. Um, I think you can, like, if you look at the reviews, some of them you can kind of see they may be fake, but it's certainly a problem that I'm not sure if there's a mitigation solution coming anytime soon, but just be aware of it. Be careful when you're looking at the reviews, half of the ones you read are going to be fake. Darkreading.com. Ransomware gangs use PR charm offensive to pressure victims. Well, isn't that nice of them? This is from Nate Nelson. Threat actors are fully embracing the spin machine, rebranding, speaking with media, writing detailed facts, and more in an all-out effort to make headlines. Gone are the days of dark hooded figures and 8-bit skull and bone graphics. Ransomware groups are increasingly adopting a more open quasi-corporate strategy with the media with the added benefit of ratcheting up the pressure on victims for them to pay. As Sophos XOPS outlined in a report this week, and there's a link in the article to that report, more and less, more and less notorious groups like, I don't know what that, that's a weird sentence right there, like Royal, The Play, and Ransom House are increasingly engaging with journalists. The relationship is dubious yet mutually beneficial. Reporters get scooped straight from the primary sources, while hackers get to expose their victims or in certain high profile cases, correct the record. So problem here is obviously, you know, news, news outlets want to get the story. These are always juicy stories. And honestly, um, ransomware guys are stupid. I mean, doesn't mean they're going to get caught, right? Because I'm sure they're not saying what their real name is or where they're located or how to find them. But they have a certain level of anonymity that now the media is playing on. This is a big problem going forward because if you're a victim and you're not paying, these guys are going to go right to the media and say, hey, this company got hacked. They didn't report at the SEC or whatever. And it's, it's, it's a big, it's going to be a big problem going forward. I, I don't think that media companies should engage in this effort, but I'm just reporting the news. I'm not writing it. So hackernews.com, Microsoft warns of hackers exploiting the OAuth for cryptocurrency mining and phishing. Now I've seen this, in a, I saw this in a whole bunch of different sites. So that's why I'm kind of noting it. And the Hacker News article has some good um, graphics on this. This is, uh, they, they list Storm1283, which is a Russian uh, group um, and how they do it. But Microsoft has warned that adversaries are using the OAuth applications as an automation tool to deploy virtual machines for cryptocurrency mining and launching phishing attack. Threat actors compromise user accounts to create, modify, and grant high privilege high privileges to OAuth applications that can misuse and hide malicious activity. OAuth is that thing like when you're going to log into a site and it says, do you want to authenticate with Google or Microsoft or whatever? That's kind of what that is. Um, and so in the attacks detailed by Microsoft, threat actors have been observed launching phishing or password spraying attacks against poorly secured accounts with permissions to create or modify these applications. Now, what's the mitigation on this? Very easy. Um, you must. You should enforce multi-factor authentication. Um, companies should enable conditional access policies and have audit apps and consented permissions. So there's ways around this, but just understand this is a big problem that Microsoft is trying to get the word out so less people become victims. 
All right, securityfairs.com. Paralugi Paganini reporting, UK Home Office is ignoring the risk of catastrophic ransomware attacks, a report warns. The Joint Committee on the National Security Strategy warns of a high risk of a catastrophic ransomware attack on the UK government. The British government is accused of failing to mitigate the risk of ransomware attacks, according to a parliamentary report published by the Joint Committee on the National Security Strategy. The UK government can face a catastrophic ransomware attack at any moment. Let's be honest. I only I only highlight this because obviously UK is raising this group is raising the alarm for the UK. But this is every government. Every government has this potential because let's be honest, cybersecurity in the government really is not good. Um, I mean, uh, we just uh, assigned a new cybersecurity director. I'm sure he'll fix it all. But I, I, I note this just to say that you're going to see ransomware and all these attacks against other governments as well. It's not just the UK. But at least the UK is raising the, the whistle or raising the alarm here so that someone can hopefully do something to, to mitigate it so it doesn't happen. Cybersecurity Insiders, Naveen Good reporting. Watch out for these signs when your smartphone is hacked. So this one, I just wanted to p- point out a couple things. Um, you know, we talk about, or like I've talked about for years that there's going to be a lot more attacks on smartphones because it's, it's a computer we all have with us. But the question is, how do you know when you've been compromised? Well, this particular article kind of goes into that a little bit. So a couple things you can note is a dot on the screen for Android phones. A green dot may appear just below the notification light or above the network antenna signal. Apple phone may show an orange dot. If you observe this light emitting constantly or blinking when your phone is not in use, it could indicate a compromised device. In other words, that light goes on like on, on, on Apple's to show to say that like it's recording. Like if you're on the phone or if you're rec- doing a recording app, it'll show that the microphone is in use. Um, so there's certainly issues there that if you're not doing anything and that that button, that light is on, you may have a compromised device. Um, could You could also see the phone heating up when not in use, suggests a potential hack. Unusually battery, unusual battery, battery drain is another sign. So again, um, you're going to want to take a quick look at this. It's a real short article, um, and you can kind of see that for there. Uh, I will, last thing, real quick, Info Security Magazine today is uh, yesterday, rather, or Tuesday, rather, was Cyber Patch Tuesday, Microsoft fixed, or Microsoft Patch Tuesday. The current pick patch fixes 34 CVEs in one zero day. So when I'm done with this, I'm going to go patch my own Windows machine. So I just note that one just to know that you should update your Windows machine post haste because there's a lot of things that are fixed. All these articles are listed in the show notes. If you'd like to review them, as always, I thank you for taking the time to download, to subscribe to the podcast and pass it to others to listen to as well. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll be back again tomorrow with Op-Ed Friday. Thanks for listening. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.